Hey Northridge, welcome to A Little Better, where our goal is to know God better and to do better so that we can be a little better. Hey everybody, welcome back to A Little Better. We just got started with our clap sync. Drew gives us a clap sync every time we get started. He just claps, and by doing that, it syncs up our audio. Except for, I think you're supposed to do just one normal clap. Drew, why don't you just give us a quick demonstration of, instead of your one simple clap, what you just did, (laughs) instead of clapping once. I was setting the beat. (laughs) Setting the beat, dropping the beat. You know? Oh yeah, I like that, and I'm sure that's going to be so much easier to sync with that many claps. You know? Oh my goodness! Hey, when you're talented, you're talented. What can I say? And you got to use it. I mean, like you, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. That's what they say. So I, I think that is yeah for clapping for sure. <laughs> so many people just out there losing the ability to clap. <laughs> Speaking of losing, oh. I think we just lost our audience. I think we just lost everyone. Okay. Um, yeah, so we are in, that was her fourth. So we're, we're responding to what it was the fourth COVID Sunday. Is that right? It's the fourth week, the 15th, the 22nd, 29th and 5th. Yeah. So four weeks in a row that we've been meeting online only, and it's been a crazy season before we go any further though, and comment on how things have been going. I just have to say the world needs to know this, Drew. Yesterday, April the 5th was my 29th birthday. <laughs> and you should tell the world I got you a cake. Yes, you did. I did get you a cake. A disinfected cake, which was so nice. And it actually came with two rolls of toilet paper. So this is like, basically, it was like 24 karat gold. (laughs) Unfiltered love. Oh, such an excellent gift. Hey, do you know whose birthday is tomorrow, Aaron? Whose? Wow, I'm hurt. No, it's not your birthday tomorrow. It's Malachi's birthday tomorrow. Shout out to my son, Malachi. April 7th. Four on April 7th. April 7th. I'm baking him a cake. Congratulations. Pray for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not praying for you. I'm praying for the rest of your family. Or our house. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, that's awesome. Shout out to Malachi. Four seems like a way cooler deal than 29. I feel like every age before your 20s feels like a bigger deal than 29. That's so true. But, um... Shout out. That's really cool. Actually, and tell us a story about um, birthdays. How does that work with uh, an adoption in his case? How do you how do you do birthdays? So technically, I mean, they guess on his birthday. So okay. April 7th is his official birth date, but no one no one really knows exactly when he was born. We, sure. we celebrate his birthday that's on his basically official documents. And then we also celebrate his gotcha day, which was July 3rd. So that's the day okay. he actually, we hugged him for the first time. We, we basically took him as our, as his parents. So, okay. so we celebrate both days. He's got, he's got kind of got two birthdays. So, Hey, that's not the worst thing. That's all right. Not the worst thing. And for all the kids been through, he, he deserves two birthdays and one's right next to America's birthday. So then he gets like fireworks on his gotcha day every year. That's <laughs> so. right. That's right. <laughs> that's pretty legit. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so, hey. Did you do anything special a, for your birthday? Oh, hey, good question. Thank you. Uh, not in particular, but yes, because... <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're you're going to make me look bad in front of my wife. But, um, no, obviously, in this age of social distancing, some 
we just kind of hung out at the house and we also burned some things in the yard, which was nice. And actually Lauren let me go out at seven o'clock in the morning. I sat by a fire in our backyard for half an hour by myself with birds chirping and my Bible and my journal and no children. Wow. So that was like the best birthday present ever. Peace. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but actually, and shout out to uh, Andy and Julie Woodall. Uh, Andy is our pastor of counseling. We're close to their family. They came by and sang from our front yard, happy birthday, and uh, dropped off a card and some cookies, all of which were sanitized. So that was very, very cool and very unexpected. So people are awesome. That is awesome. Um, yeah. Okay. So, hey, let's talk about some wins during all of this COVID season. Um, one thing that I've noticed that's just been so cool is getting so many emails, so many texts, so many Facebook comments about all these people that are checking out church during this season. Not even just Northridge, but also Northridge, obviously. I think in some ways, boredom is our friend right now. Like, I. Some people are like, boredom, I'm not bored. I got, you know, kids running around and it's crazy. And that's true. But there's definitely not like tons of brand new TV shows. There's no sports to watch. There's none of that. So I think people are looking for something to engage with online. And the fact that our services are there and available, it's just so cool to see people like, I never thought they would come to church and they're checking it out. Yeah, that's what I like watching on Facebook Live because it kind of tells me on my friend list who's all jumping in. And it's yeah, it's, it's always like exciting to, <laughs> to see someone you've been praying for on your Pi Square list, someone that you're like hoping they'll just tune in from your share from high school or whatever. And that's happened numerous times where I'm like, oh my word, this person is watching. And yeah. it's just really cool to see, yeah, people are bored and they're, they're kind of looking for some form of you know, whether it's entertainment, I don't care what their reason is for jumping on. I just want the, you know, the truth of God's word to penetrate their heart. So it's really, it's really cool to see. Definitely. I'm curious, Aaron, you know, we've put a lot of energy in ASL, um, you know, closed captioning for, you know, mm-hmm. just for a wide range of people to be able to interact with our services. How is that going? Cause I know you kind of led that. Yeah. So, um, that was one of the things that, right when we made the decision to go online. So we decided on a Thursday, man, we got to take this service. We got to take it online this weekend. That was like so much panic about (laughs) providing ASL and some kind of interpreting or captions or something for our deaf and hard of hearing attenders. The interesting thing, I mean, I'm on this massive journey of learning over the past two years with providing access because I genuinely didn't and still feel like I don't know much about how to best help that community. But As I'm learning, ASL alone isn't necessarily enough for certain parts of that community and captioning alone isn't really enough. There's kind of like a mixture and both to really feel like you're kind of cracking the surface of how to best be helpful to that community. So what we have been doing and have continued to do, we started it right away in kind of an informal way and we've formalized it, is that we are providing ASL, professional ASL interpreting for all of our services. So we're pre-recording our services and while we pre-record them, in a, in a room right off the auditorium, we've got a camcorder going and we're recording professional interpreters that record, they would normally be interpreting on a Sunday morning in Henrietta. We're recording them and making that video available. At first we were doing it kind of privately and just distributing it through our kind of like emails and text connections with people that we know that go to Henrietta. But as of now, we're officially putting it on our website before, like every Sunday morning, it's available right there on our front page of our website is an ASL interpreted service. And even this week for the first time, I don't know if we'll always be doing this, but we actually went through the process of getting it fully captioned Mm. for YouTube as well. 
And then all of our CW broadcasts have to be closed captioned to be on TV. So they're, they're also captioned. That's awesome, dude. I know that's a lot of work for our team and you, but man, it just, it's very helpful for people who, who need it. Yeah, we have professional interpreters that are volunteering their time. It's really them. I mean, genuinely, I'm doing almost nothing at this point. Matt Snyder's responsible for a lot of the recording stuff, but our t- interpreters and just our advocates for that community are the real heroes in all this. I'm so grateful for them and how they help just provide access in a new way. Yeah, thank you guys for all your hard work. You're making a difference in people's lives for, for this sake of the gospel and for eternity, so you guys are rock stars. Yeah, and if you've got someone that you want to provide you know, access to in that way, our northroodrochester.com, there's a big link that says ASL Interpreted Service. You can click right on that and watch, um, and we're doing our best to make that as accessible as possible, again, with captions and, and ASL. Um, we'll, uh, we'll always be trying to make it a little better. We're, we aren't professionals, even though the people we're working with are, so <laughs> any limitations True. are on us. Um, okay, so this was week five of Unfiltered Jesus, and this was Unfiltered, don't tell me, Obedience. I almost you're, you're lucky you got that, dude. <laughs> you are so lucky. <laughs> I almost said dependence, and then I was like, that can't be right. I think that already happened. <laughs> that was week one. Uh, so long ago. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Unfiltered Obedience and Palm Sunday. Okay, I, I think I'm going to call us out here a little bit. So cool that this happened on Palm Sunday, but can we talk about months and months ago when we planned this? Did we really plan that on purpose? There's no way because originally this was a five week series. Oh yeah, that's right. So, but I don't know if if we included Palm Sunday on Palm Sunday. You know, the grace of God just covers you, man. It just does <laughs> in so many ways, unplanned ways. God just is so good at making us you know, sinful lack of planning people look really good. So oh, that's funny. I do genuinely, I rem- there was like a time in the planning process because these were not necessarily thematically building on each other. At first we kind of like any of these messages could have been in place of another one. And we had kind of randomly placed this one on April the 5th. And then I remember at some point going like, wait, are we teaching the triumphal entry on Palm Sunday? That's going to look so strategic. <laughs> Well, I mean, That's at some level, I think it was intentionally non-intentional. I think what's, once we got the series, the six weeks kind of in, in, in a realm of like, okay, here's where we're going and here's what we want to con- like conquer in this series, I think we were like, this would be cool to do it on Palm Sunday. Sure. But there's just a lot of work that goes into, I mean, we it was a year ago and then we had like right. a six months writing period and then we fine-tuned it and fine-tuned it, so... I, I don't know yeah. if we planned it intentionally or not. We could have and forget have forgotten, but probably not. That's true. I, I do think that there was a degree of, of accidentalness to it. But regardless, unfiltered obedience, talking about Jesus, never wavering on the road. You know, he chose to walk. We, we track that from the middle of Luke, right? It starts in, I don't even remember what chapter, like Luke 12 or something. And Jesus sets out for Jerusalem from Galilee for the last time. And he just makes his way methodically. He keeps telling his disciples, we're going, we're going, we're going. They keep being like, why, (laughs) why are you doing this? And they leave Jericho. And I just love the connection that you made about Jesus having to take his own advice. I just thought that was such a profound point. Yeah. I, I just, you know, if you really think about it and you put yourself in Jesus's shoes, how overwhelming must it have been to know you're, you're walking to your own death? You know, we say that right. from a, a preachy perspective, but like, that's, that isn't, it's incredible. Like I even asked the mm-hmm. question, uh, you know, 
for the services is would you want to know if you could when you're going to die and like yeah. some some people are like yeah I would love to know but like think about think about it as you get close like it sounds good now cuz you're like oh I probably got time like woohoo yeah you know I've got 30 years but right. like I even think about my dad like would I would I w- would like to know right now I would say yes but like ahead of time like it would have changed my whole schedule like would, oh, I, yeah. would we have gone for away from decade, Israel the series yeah, with God no of Jesus like there's no way and it's it's crazy to think that Jesus knew and he marched towards his death he didn't mm-hmm. waver like that moves me at some yeah. level of like it's just it's just like wow mm-hmm. and he had to you know, this is 33 years of buildup, right? Of, as best we can tell, he was in his early 30s, you know, around 33. That's, it just keeps building and building and building. And I, you even said, I loved it. What, is he trying to get himself killed? Yeah, yep. actually he <laughs> yeah. is. <laughs> and the people uh, yeah. who are killing him are the people he's dying for. Right. You know, like, it's another thing we don't often think about is he's dying, he is going to die at the hands of the people he's surrendering his life for. Right. Yeah. The father forgive them idea is really insane. They, for they don't know what they do. You know, again, that's, that's, there's so many layers to that. Like they don't even know what they're doing, but at the same time, Jesus has been planning this and working it and kind of like pushing buttons and making it happen. So they know full what, what they're doing. They're killing him, but he, he's clearly saying like, they don't know really who I am. If they mm. knew who I was, they wouldn't be killing me. Right. So forgive them for killing the son of God. Yeah. The problem yeah. was, is they didn't think he was who he said he was. Exactly. You know? He would not have been on that cross if they hadn't misunderstood him. Yes, exactly. And it's just, it's just incredible. I'm curious, Aaron. Okay. So like, this is where this mal- this message really challenged me. And I had to like, look at my own heart. What are ways that you waver on the road towards obedience. Like personally, just think of some ways that like, what is the thing that causes you to, to go down a different path more than anything else? Yeah. I was thinking about that before this podcast, even, um, you said it like, where's the road of least resistance calling your name or something like that. Um, a, a kind of a similar way to ask the same question. And I'm feeling it a little bit today related to working from home and this whole COVID situation in a way that I don't think I have. And maybe people could relate to this. I've been pretty upbeat about this whole thing. Like it's going to be fine. And I'm enjoying working from home and I get to eat lunch with my kids and it's great. And I've kind of had like a kind of a peppy attitude about it. But today I think I'm just feeling like, nah, this is, it might be because it's 51 and beautiful out right now. You're like, that's true. Forget work. I'm ready to go play outside. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But what, you know, whatever the reason is today, I'm just like, you know what? This is going to be six months. The economy is going to be tanked. It's all going to be awful. Everybody's going to get it. I'm just feeling, I'm kind of feeling torn toward like doomsday thinking and apathy and just like, I'm over this rather than getting up and, I'm going to exercise. I'm going to read my Bible and I'm going to, you know, make the most of this time right now. I'm really feeling drawn to just like, forget it. I'm just going to waste whatever this time is. I'm just going to like fall asleep to it and see what happens on the other side. You know? Yeah, no, I totally get that. I think for me, it's just, you know, in a big picture, it's selfishness. I, Mm -hmm. I just think about me way too much. And that flushes out in so many areas. Like in my marriage, I'm like, 
who cares what Ashley thinks? I, I'm going to do what I want to do. You know, like right. she, she needs to get in line with what I say, you know, in all honesty. And then like, and just with comfort, like I'm, I, I want to be comfortable. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, the idea of walking down a path that is harder, more bumpy than just taking that smooth path that feels better. Like, why would I do that? You know? Right. Right. And you know, I think of giving like another, like you think about giving. If I, this is why a lot of times, like I just said it and I let God have it. And I don't, I try not to think about it much. Cause if I were really to look at, you know, if I, if I look at my end statement, I'm like, wait, I, I gave that, how, you know how much money I could, or how much I could do with that amount of money to totally. my house or a vacation I could take. Like that's a bumpy road. And if you, you look at the bumps for too long, it's like, well, I mean, maybe this road seems a little bit easier. Exactly. You know. These costs are really starting to rack up here. Yeah. <laughs> In some ways that, yeah, that end of the year giving statement can be a celebration of God's provision, but it can also be an easy opportunity to be like, what could I have done with a number that big <laughs> to yeah. make my life more enjoyable or whatever? Yeah. That's... Yeah. And it's that season. I mean, we're, we're right around tax day. So it's <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> the end of the year statements are incredibly relevant right now. That's such so a, um, by the way, have you, you, you filed your taxes? You're good. You're good to go. My taxes are finished and oh, nice. I'm, I'm ready to go. Nice. I did them earlier than I've ever done them this year, which means that they were done barely on time as usual. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. That's totally random, but you were talking about, yeah, just the idea of what's calling our name and for me, I'm getting a little bit of that indifference slash apathy. You were talking about selfishness. I'm even, I don't, I don't know, right now, again, the path of, it's easy for me right now to have a whole bunch of expectations that I'm not stating with my wife and kids at home. Like Sunday mornings, I have a whole series of expectations I'm finding about how Sundays are supposed to happen and what they're supposed to feel like and look like. And if I'm being totally honest, and I haven't talked to Lauren about this at all, that me talking about it on the podcast, but oh well. Um, I feel like our Sundays haven't been like this dream of an experience where we're like, oh, we're just loving watching church and it's been so easy. Like we've definitely had to work through like, okay, wait, are you watching the kids right now? Am I watching the kids? Are we going to watch the same service at the same time or different ones? And I'm like assigned to certain services to be on the chat. And it's like, no, you're going to take this one. And I'm going to like, we can start to get like on each other. And it's like, this is about watching church or being engaging with church. And I'm having a terrible attitude and I'm a pastor. <laughs> like, Bro, I get that tension. Yesterday, <laughs> I was like, babe, I'm not sure I can take communion because our kids are driving us crazy right now. And I'm trying to be in this like spiritual moment, remembering the blood of Christ. I'm listening right. to myself talk, like take this moment and reflect. I'm like, reflect. I'm about ready to open a can on my kids. <laughs> and it's oh Can I just tell you how much I appreciate our kids' ministry more than ever? And I am sorry to Daniel, our new, you know, kids' ministry director, and all the people who put hard work, our volunteers. I love you guys because you don't realize how much you allow people like me, parents like me, to focus on the gospel, to focus on what God's trying to speak to us. And man, I'm missing that right now. Yeah. And I mean, we talk all the time about how like a nursery worker is changing diapers while God's in the auditorium changing hearts, you know what I mean? Like that kind of a thing. And it's not just, it's not just, you know, kid, they're they're not just child care. They're in the other room 
teaching them lessons and Building like memorizing verses. Yeah. yeah, they're doing more than obviously with like nursery age. We're just they're, they are changing diapers, but with the others as they're doing ministry, like Grayson's coming home learning Bible verses all while we were able to engage so fully. And it's just crazy to me to think about. I'm listening to a sermon about how Jesus chose an unwavering path to obedience. And the crowd was like, well, whatever's easiest, that's what I'm going with. First, I love Jesus and now crucify him. And I'm sitting in my living room listening to a sermon about that, being like, why, why aren't you watching this kid? Or Grayson, why aren't you? Get over here. Like, I'm being all like grumpy while I'm listening to a sermon about Jesus being like, yeah, whatever it takes, I'm going to pursue obedience. And I can't even choose a good attitude for a couple hours on a Sunday. It's just like. Yeah, that's the world I'm living in, that's for sure. Yeah, you like Jesus juked yourself in the middle of the message. Yeah. No, no, no. I did not do it in the middle of the message. It took me well into Sunday afternoon to make that adjustment. Oh, my goodness. But we're probably running short on time. I just wanted you to know I feel like that sermon had a lot that I needed to learn from, and I'm grateful that if anything I miss, I can go back and watch it another time if my kids, when my kids are sleeping, because I know I've still got lots to learn there. But hey, what do we have to look forward to on Easter as we're wrapping up here? One, we got digital invites coming out. Um, our social media team is creating digital invites where you can What's, just... What is a digital invite, by the way? Yeah, it's basically a design that you can share with your friends through social media platforms, through Facebook, through Instagram. Um, so you don't have to worry about the details. All you gotta do is Use that, send it to whoever you can. Um, Again, reminding our people, it is Easter. So even in the weirdness of all we're doing, people are probably looking for a place to jump on or check out. And so a lot of those are coming out. We got Easter services. So again, we're kind of on our our normal rhythm of Sunday, 9, 1030, uh, and then 1 p.m. And then we got Monday at 7 p.m. So it's going to be awesome. And we're taking a unique look at the Easter story. You know, we're going to look at the resurrection, but have you ever wondered what Jesus did the day he rose again from the dead? We're going to look into that story. So um, that's all I'm going to give you because I want you to kind of be hungry and ready for it. So I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a great weekend. Despite the fact that it's nothing like any church leader in America or around the world planned, you know, we, we start thinking about Easter months in advance and I can promise you none of them were thinking, I hope we're only meeting online. That's um, the truth. Nobody was planning that, but I'm hoping God uses it in ways we, we, we would never have been cool enough to plan it the way he's going to use it. I'm sure of that. Yep. And it's the last, it's the last week of footage from Israel. So that's sad, but also exciting. We're going to accumulate like being building this climax to Easter, the, the, you know, the most celebrated Christian holiday in the, in the world. So yeah, it's going to be awesome. And we, we've got some footage from the garden tomb, which is a, one of the possible sites of Jesus's resurrection. So right in the spot where it all could have happened. And we, had to get it reserved. We got it there early in the morning on a Monday morning. So we were pretty close to a Sunday, real close to when it might have happened. So it was, it was a pretty cool experience. Are you guys going to dress up in the Carsoner household on Easter? I don't know. You're going to see both Ashley and I both in the service. I'm, I'm thinking about dressing up, but I don't know if that will be weird or not through an online venue. We'll see. I'll surprise you. Okay. Okay. So... How about on Sunday morning when you're watching on Easter? What are you, are you going to be dressed up then? Mm, that's a great call. Probably, it depends what service you're talking about. Maybe at the 1 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> By 1 p.m. I love it. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. We're looking forward to Easter. Let's all make those invites. I know I personally have a goal with my community group. They're going to be asking me, 
keeping me accountable to making my invites. Uh, looking forward to doing it. So let's celebrate together the fact that Jesus is alive. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. <laughs>